Wretched Radio begins in 3, 2, 1. Some councils are auditing schools and urging a ban on the terms boy and girl. For those who are in an open or polyamorous relationship, your relationships are holy. A gay black woman's victim status is less than that of a black trans woman who ranks below a black Muslim trans woman. We don't want to just win the argument about sexuality. We want to use this as a gospel opportunity. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. This is not a culture war. This is Wretched Radio. Uh, Since the 1980s, the moral majority, never has a more unbiblical phrase ever been adopted. The moral majority has told us we are in a culture war. I would like to suggest to you we're not. In fact, not even sure that we should be rightly understood. What is the role of the Christian? Is it to get people who do not believe in Jesus Christ to behave morally, or is it to encourage people who don't believe in Jesus Christ to believe in Jesus Christ? What is our mandate? We are to seek and to save the lost, not conform the lost into a moral image that we happen to know is best. We're not in a culture war. It's worse than that. We're in a soul war. We're in a theological battle. And ultimately, we are in a God skirmish. That is what this is all about. Would like to make a prediction. These days, it's tough to do that because most likely you can't think kooky enough to come up with some sort of story or imagining of what it might look like in the future. But I think I've got it for you. In 1956, it was not until 1956 that the United States Congress adopted the phrase, the national model, in God we trust. You may recall your revolutionary history, Benjamin Franklin, John Adams, I also believe Thomas Jefferson. They preferred e pluribus unum, Out of the many, one. You know, back when we used to think that having a culture was a good thing. 1956, the Congress said, nope, it's going to be in God we trust. In 2011, it wasn't a law, but it was stronger than, well, it would be nice if it was more like a resolution from the United States Congress. I believe it was Eric Cantor who pushed for this to reaffirm, in God we trust as our motto. Here's my prediction. We're going to see a new push to change that motto in three, two, one. I'm amazed, quite honestly, there hasn't been a stronger effort to go after it. Now, I know it's going to be a big mountain for secularists to climb because the national motto, it's on our money, it's on government buildings, courtrooms, So they've got themselves a tough sled ahead of them, but don't think that they won't give it a run. And I suspect it's just a matter of time. What is Dan Barker from the Freedom From Religion Foundation waiting for? What is the ACLU doing all day? You can look forward to them trying to change the motto because it is God they're after. It's not just morality and values. Yeah, they want their licentiousness endorsed, Romans 1. But more than that, this is this is Tower of Babel times. This is get God out of here. So you can look forward to your national motto being changed, dear Christian. And Jimmy, 
I thought this might be helpful. Okay, what is it? Well, you know, we Christians, we're givers. Absolutely. And we like to help people. So if you're an atheist, I think that I've got, these might not be the final, but maybe some slogans that you might want to push for as the national motto. So here, here you go, my atheist friend. You, you could make it, I love myself, because that is pretty much the way America feels these days. Aren't we the mm, self-loving, autonomous self-generation where the whole focus is on me, me, me? Was in, mm, what store was it? I can't remember, and I better not say it in case we're supposed to be boycotting it. Was in a store, and this, this little girl Look, this was hard for me. This little girl had a shirt that said, this is me. I mean, kind of a, this is who I am. Take it or leave it. And I didn't have the heart to walk up to her and say, um, it should be this is I. It's, it's subjunctive. And the is is like an equal sign. So it should be this is I. It's nominative. And, But I didn't do that. But that's the attitude that pervades our culture. I love myself. Here's another motto. If you're an atheist and you're thinking, "Hmm, what could we make it besides in God we trust? Let's sin. Might be a good one for you. I'm sorry. This This one will tickle a lot of liberal politicians. If you're looking for a new national motto, third world, here we come. Would be a good motto for our coinage, if you don't mind me saying so. In government, we trust. Almighty ISIS. I mean, as long as we're going pagan. (laughs) If that isn't current enough for you, how's about hail the flying spaghetti monster? That might be a good slogan for you. How's about the smartest generation? Or old people are stupid. That would be a good motto because, you know, what was it? I was reading. Oh, oh, ah. Ah, there was some, I probably have it in my stack here. There was some dopey legislation that somebody was trying to overturn because it had a semblance of biblical values in it. And it said that this law dates all the way back to the 90s, not the 1890s or 70s, 1990s. That. That's how long it takes for you to be irrelevant these days or for you to be antiquated or to be on the wrong side of history or to be a knuckle-dragging Neanderthal who don't know anything about nothing because we're the smartest generation. We had the greatest generation. Now we're the smartest generation. Here's a slogan. If you're an atheist, I, I say go for it. We kill babies. Don't like that? How's about we mutilate eight-year-olds? Could do that. Would be your slogan. And finally, if you're looking for a slogan, come on, let's just let's just get to it. We all know that if we're going to open up the envelope on the new national motto, it's going to read, we hate God. That's what would be the ideal slogan for a nation that has turned their back on the Lord. Don't worry. If you think those are bad. Just wait till you hear the ones they're going to come up with. Because <laughs> my imagination fell short for me right there. I came up with some slogans. Jimmy, you got any slogans that you'd like to add to this clam bake? Uh, yeah, probably. What? I'll tell you what. You work on your list. Okay. And we'll check in with Jimmy because 
as bad as it's going to be, and Jimmy, I trust you can do it very, very poorly. As you know, thanks, I mean, thanks for that. <laughs> well, I mean, not not like your performance. I'm talking about what you're going to concoct. I got you. It won't be nearly as bonkers as what the world is going to come up with. I'm just telling you, the signs are everywhere. This is an anti-God culture. Let me take you to Florida. The Tampa Bay Rays, that would be the minor league baseball team. Well, they've been rather aggressive when it comes to gender and sexuality issues. For 16 years, they've had themselves a pride night. And this year, they added some rainbow-colored logos on their uniforms, specifically the TB on their caps and the sunburst on their right jersey sleeves. So they took off their logo and replaced it with the sign that God promises to not destroy the world with a flood again. <laughs> I think that's I think that's emblem appropriation that's going on here. And there were some of the rays, specifically the pitchers, a number of them leave their names out of it just because, you know, these days. But they said no can do. So they took them off and they wore their regular cap. And I've got to tell you, I was reading it, and I, my, my heart broke for these guys because we, we are in such a different time. This, this was unimaginable 20, 30, 10 years ago. The posture of Christians, it's so 180 from what it used to be, where we would be willing to proclaim these issues are sins, these issues are pleasing to God. Now you have to apologize. One of the fellows who was happy to wear it, an outfielder, he wrote this. I thought this was instructive. It's one of those things my parents taught me to love everyone as they are. Go live your life, except for Christians, of course. Whether you're pre no, sorry, I added that part right there. I can't speak for everyone who's here, obviously, but this is a family friendly environment. We just want everyone to feel welcome and included and cheer us on no matter what your views on anything are. Unless, of course, your views are godly. Then we want to shut you down and change our motto. And these stories, we could read one after another. How's about the guy in River Valley, Ohio, who had the nerve to say there are only two genders at a commencement speech at a high school graduation? The County Board of Developmental Disabilities, the fellow sits on that board, issued a statement because of what this fellow said. Because he's a board member, we're learning the facts of this incident. We'll be meeting with the county commissioners to discuss the appointed position, his appointed position as a board member. In other words, you said there are two genders. We're going to kick you off of our council. Christian, we don't long for it. I have to confess, not thrilled about it. But it sure does seem that the world is coming very close to changing the national motto and the implication for you and me, um, it ain't pretty. This is Wretched Radio. Brilliant. I have been telling you the Masters Academy International is brilliant. 
thoughtful, biblically conceived, equipping ministry, training indigenous pastors to rightly divide the word of truth and shepherd local congregations, 17 countries around the world, but they do it in a way that is absolutely Brilliant. There's a danger in theological education done in abstraction from the local church. You produce eggheads that simply don't know how to walk people through life issues. We need to have theological education tightly interwoven with church life. That is precisely what the Masters Academy International does. It trains pastors in conjunction with the local church. It is brilliant and so effective and it bears so much fruit. Please consider supporting TMAI at wretched.org slash pastor. Thank you for joining us for Wretched Radio today. When is the last time you took a gander around the Wretched Store? If it's been a while, I'd like to urge you to do so today. The Wretched Store is home to tons of great resources, books, booklets, videos, MP3s, and curriculum. And I'll go out on the limb and say that everybody will be able to find something they'll love and learn from in the Wretched Store. So take some time and peruse all we have available. Wretched.org slash store. All of the resources that you'll find are only made possible by the support of our gospel partners. We can't produce the content that we're able to produce without that ongoing support. So while you're visiting the Wretched store at Wretched.org, would you also consider taking a look at our donate page by clicking the give link at the top of the page? There you'll find all the information you will ever need regarding becoming a gospel partner. Wretched.org slash store, Wretched.org slash donate. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. This is our dear brother Max in Ukraine, who's been a Tomorrow Club leader now for almost 20 years, giving us a picture of what is going on currently in Ukraine, specifically regarding the activity of the Tomorrow Clubs, normally kids' clubs where they meet every week to hear the gospel. But right now, those Tomorrow Club leaders are spending their efforts simply trying to minister to people who are in danger or who have nothing. And our Tomorrow Club leaders in the West are trying to, to meet the needs of those families who had to escape, serving them a good opportunity to show Christ to them in this time of trial. There are many who need the bare necessities of life. Tomorrow Clubs is trying to serve them in that regard. Would you please consider what you might do for Ukrainian believers at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Know your church fathers. Polycarp was a disciple of the Apostle John and the Bishop of Smyrna. He was a staunch defender of orthodoxy, combating the Gnostic heresies. Before his death as a martyr, Polycarp proclaimed, 86 years I have served Christ, and he has done me no evil. How could I curse my king who saved me? This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And now, the moment... I haven't been waiting for. This is Wretched Radio. Don't be shocked when you open up your New York Times, assuming, of course, you're a liberal and you get the New York Times. Jimmy, I have a confession to make. I just subscribed to the New York Times. Oh, really? Yep. It was $4 for a month, I believe. It used to be $17. Now it's $4. And the only reason I went, okay, fine, I'll take your special limited offer, it's because 
you read the New York Times and you get a pretty good sense of what the cultural elite are thinking. And that's worth our time. That, that's, that's worth some investigation so we can be wise as serpents, gentle as doves. And I wouldn't be shocked if I open up my subscription to the New York Times next thing. And, you know, I'm going to be driving a Subaru and wearing Birkenstocks with a Jimmy Carter bumper sticker on my car. You will not be shocked when somebody is making a push to change the slogan from In God We Trust to Jimmy, what do you got? Uh, everybody matters except God. You got to have the dramatic pause. That was pretty dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the radio stations almost thought we went off the air for a moment. A little too dramatic, actually. Everybody matters, but, but that's, see, that's just not true because everybody doesn't matter. To people who are godless. Babies don't matter. That's true. Children don't matter. Women don't matter. They don't because they are just simply under assault constantly. When, when, when we have a government that struggles how to protect our children, and by the way, a refusal to go after the really important issues to go after the things that have led to a society that is more inclined to commit atrocious acts than ever before. Where are our sociologists? Where are the psychologists to help us to understand? Well, we live in a new generation. And how are things working out for you? Hmm? With the murder rate, depression rate, suicide rate. How are things working out for you, cultural elites? If we took an honest look at what is happening in our society, we would have to conclude uh, there's a lot of stuff we need to do if we don't want to see kids shot up anymore. But I'm sorry to sound a little chilly, but if you're not willing to defend and really go after the important issues, and I hate to say it because it's a concession, harden the schools in the meantime, you just don't care for children, really. You don't care for women. You don't care for babies. That's pretty obvious. You know, it, it has been so far a quiet summer, hasn't it? I'm surprised that we haven't seen more responses to the Roe v. Wade leak. Maybe when it comes out and let's hope that it is what we think it's going to be. We'll see. But don't think that they are going to just go, all right, fine, we'll stop aborting our babies. Why? Because it's a godless generation, and this is about autonomous self. Everybody matters but God. Everybody matters but Christians. Everybody matters but people who want to defend babies. Everybody matters but children. Everybody matters but women. So, Jimmy, I think... We're going to have to have some big coinage is yeah, what I'm thinking. I think so. All right. What else you got? Instead uh, of in God, we trust. Uh, love money. Uh-huh. Hate God. <laughs> well. That works. Yeah. Love what's in your hand, not the one who made it. That's probably a little too Psalm 139 yeah. for everybody right there. Yeah. All right. You got any more? Uh, live with pride as long as it doesn't involve God. <sighs> was just studying about the subject of pride. Brent Dettenthaler, Detweiler, something like that. He wrote 50 Signs of Pride. We've tried to read the list on the air before. You can't get through it because you just feel so sinful, which is the way we should feel about our 
pride. Incidentally, I received an email from a brother in Australia. There's a new replacement name for the word sin, which is what pride is. It's sin. It's not your boo-boos, your mistakes. Ah, it was something like, you're not living up to your potential. You know, when you rob a bank, just not living up to your potential. When you rape a woman, you're just not living up to your potential. It's a watering down of sin. Pride is a monstrous sin in the Bible. And yet, you've got a whole group of people that adopts it as their slogan. Could it be any more brazen than that? I don't think so. Get ready to deal with these issues. For instance, received an email from a police officer. It's Pride Month. I'm supposed to be protecting people at the parade. I'm a Christian. What do I do? Here's another one. I work in IT. This last week, um, and I'm, I'm trying to kind of blot out the details here so that somebody doesn't get canceled. This last week, a man started to think he is a woman. Management and others have been using she and her when talking about him. And, of course, he's changed his name to a feminine name. I won't be using false pronouns, but since I will need to refer to him when talking to others, I'll need to use some sort of name so people know who I'm talking about. Well, there's another conundrum. What are we going to do? It's going to happen to you. Seriously. And, and right now, I think that we're in the chapter where we can be a little bit clever and wise as serpents and how we deal with the issue. But I don't think it's going to be long. I don't think it'll take long before they insist. Now, before you uh, get signed up here for work and all of the benefits, you need to sign this statement of beliefs. Isn't that ironic? They hate that Christians do that. You have to have protection in order to do that. That's, that is exactly what's going to happen sooner or later. You will be forced to come down in the, and, and the, the language will get tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter. What are you going to do? At some point, we, just, we can't sin. We know that. So what do we do in these issues? Like the poor police officer, he gets assigned to the pride parade. We've got somebody at work and they want to be identified as a different gender. I, I, I'm, I, I keep coming down on the side of adiaphora. That it's a Romans 14 issue. We're going to see different Christians with different takes on this. There's no way we're all going to agree. And I get both sides of the argument. I can't be a part of the delusion. I, I can't give affirmation to sin. They feel that conviction. And that's th that conviction should be maintained unless you're persuaded biblically. Otherwise, you can't go against that. Now, on the other hand, you're going to have some people who say, look, if somebody wants to call themselves a blue cow, what do I care? Okay, okay, mister. Probably can't use the word mister. Okay, moo. What did I call it? Blue cow? Blue cow? Blue cow, yes. Blue cow. Okay, blue cow. Whatever you. Okay, gender free blue cow. Whatever it is that you say. They're, they're going to say, I don't, I don't care. It doesn't bother me. And I, and I think that that is the land that we live in regarding this issue. It's an issue of conscience. Don't violate it one way or another. As far as the police officer at the Pride event, well, 
I think that different Christians are going to disagree on this, too. I don't think that being a police officer guarding people at a pride event is participating in the fair in the in the parade itself. You're in the parade like, you know, most United Methodist churches would be these days that is participating in in a sin. And I would say that's verboten. But if your job is to protect and serve, you protect gay people, you protect transgender people all day, every day. You, that's, that's a part of your gig, and that's a good thing. Are you participating in their sin if it's an overt celebration of something that God forbids? I personally don't think you are. But if you're persuaded, you know, I, I just can't do it, then you need to tell your chief, um, could I be reassigned to something else? And like I said, we're going to be able to do that, but only for so long. And then you are going to be told, no, you can't get away with that and you can't work here. We don't like that, do we? We believe that people should have the freedom to say and believe and even to do certain things that I'm just not nuts about. That's the whole idea of liberty. And and might I suggest, I know this doesn't always go down well, but might I suggest we don't return the favor? Have you read about Pizza Hut? They have got a drag kids book for their book it reading incentive program. Simon & Schuster says it's a celebration of drag kids. This is for kindergarten to third graders. Here's one cultural observer. Pizza Hut has gone full woke. Now we must make them full broke. Well, first of all, you're not going to find a business that doesn't do sinful things. Second of all, is the Christian message really, you better submit to our worldview or we're going to bankrupt you? Isn't that doing the very same thing that they're already doing and likely to do to us instead shouldn't our message be hey pizza hut you're sinning and you're not caring for children this isn't love pizza hut repent isn't that the christian message this is wretched radio This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hanks. Starting out the news today with a little bit of pride. First, from Burger King, where the fast food giant has released an ad campaign in Austria. The ad campaign features the Pride Whopper, which is basically just a regular Whopper with one glaring modification. It uses two top buns or two bottom buns. Matching buns for equal love. And then there was a pride tweet sent out by Royal Dutch Airlines in Amsterdam. The tweet depicts a photo of three seatbelts, two of the seatbelts using the same ends and one actually being correct. With the caption, it doesn't matter who you click with. Well, you know it does if you want to wear a seatbelt properly on an airplane. (laughs) But hey, using things the way they were designed, that doesn't exude enough pride. Well, as you know, CRT has made its way into the public school system and is probably more prevalent than we realize. Here's just one example from a California kindergarten teacher. Help caregivers understand that helping their white child be quiet and learn. That's what I'm really interested in right now is helping 
people of privilege learn how to be a little quieter. Teaching five-year-olds who don't even know what racism is, that they're racist because they were born white in America, that's evil. And this lady shouldn't be anywhere near any children. And speaking of people who have no business near children. One of my students asked my roommate was a boy or a girl. I said, neither. And they said, well, do they wear boy clothes or girl clothes? And I said, well, what are boy clothes and girl clothes? And they said, well, that doesn't make any sense. This lady teaches second graders. And it sounds more like she's intentionally confusing second graders rather than teaching them. Well, it looks like the state of California has fixed racism. A recently released report is recommending that the state pay slavery reparations and segregate schools based on race. Who knew the only way to fix racism was to actually be more racist? Bride parades and other LGBT worship events across the country are banning police from attending. That's right, even if the police officers are of the LGBT community. So the month that's claimed to be time for acceptance and tolerance is only accepting and tolerant of those who aren't police officers. Because according to the report, police shootings of black Americans are historic facts. So the pride police are banning the actual police from having pride at pride events. This is just nutty all the way around. And speaking of those sins celebrating parades, Fatherly, it's an online magazine, recently published an article saying that taking children to pride festivals and parades with nudity and other weirdness is totally appropriate as long as you've been grooming them, of course. So this is a parenting magazine sharing advice on how to lose custody of your children. At least in a normal, insane world, that's what we'd be saying right now. But obviously, we stopped living in a normal, insane world a long time ago. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Books of the Bible. Second Timothy is Paul's last letter before his execution. He encourages Timothy to persevere amidst suffering. Paul had suffered for the sake of the gospel, but he also knew the beauty and power of the gospel. He charges Timothy to cling to and preach the gospel. When you face opposition, do not fear or be ashamed, but trust God and rely on His Word. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Let's go to Washington, shall we? This is Wretched Radio. Representative Mike Johnson, be praying for that brother and his family, no doubt feeling some cultural pressure because he watched Life is Best. I'm pretty, I can't say for certain, but I'm just thinking that Mike Johnson watched Life is Best. You're about to hear him trot out the toddler. A pro-life argument. If we can't do it to a two-year-old, why can we do it to a baby in the womb? But you're also going to hear the response from this woman with two last names who is a part of the House Judiciary Committee hearing how indefensible her position is and how sharp Mike was. We can learn some pro-life apologetics lessons from Mike Johnson because he does an excellent job of framing the issue under the big question. What is it? It is a human being. I think, Mr. Chairman, I seek unanimous consent to enter into the record a statement for the record by Sarah Parshall Perry, Senior Legal Fellow with the Mies Center for Legal and Judicial Studies at the Heritage Foundation. Without objection. Thank you. Now you know who she is. <clears throat> Dr. Robinson, I asked you earlier how one qualifies as being fully human. And you responded by saying that no one becomes a human or, or that someone does become a human at the moment of birth. And I, I found that absolutely stunning since you are not a political activist or an advocate, but you present yourself and purport to be a medical doctor. 
Your answers deny the plain truth of science and medical technology that anyone can see and understand, even if they don't have a medical degree. Obviously, I don't need to cite volumes of medical journals to prove the fact that an unborn child is a human being. As the Life Training Institute summarizes, quote, from the earliest stages of development, the unborn are distinct, living, and whole human beings. They are not mere parts of larger human beings, like skin cells are, but whole human entities capable of directing their own internal growth and development. This is not just a religious view, but a matter of, of the science of embryology. Why is it important to trot out the science of embryology? Well, I, of course, believe that we should be trotting out God when we talk about the life issue. But having said that, you need to know that there are a lot of people who would try to dismiss abortion as the intentional taking of an innocent human life because it's just those religious people that are on and on and on about life. And all they're trying to do is impose their values. Do we need a fresher clip than this one from AOC? For people who say, oh, but you're, you know, you're, you're harming a life. I believe this is life. Well, some religions don't. What does this have to do with religion? Science, logic, and of course, theology all points in the same direction. It's a baby. So how about that? Our Jewish brothers and, and sisters, they are able to have an abortion according to their faith. Well, actually not according to their faith, because I don't think you're going to find anything in rabbinical writings. I don't care if it's Maimonides, the Midrash, the Mishnah, nothing that affirms it's okay to execute a child in the mother's womb. In fact, you'll find just the opposite. That's not to say that a lot of Jewish people aren't pro-choice, but I don't think you're going to find that codified in Jewish beliefs. You know... There are so many faiths that do not have the same definition of life as fundamentalist Christians. That is why we need to be ready with the other two canons, science and logic. And so we how what about their rights? What about their right to huh. exercise their faith? Huh. It's huh. ridiculous. And it is it's it is theocratic. There it is. It's authoritarian. It is wrong. Yeah. That's what this is really all about. We're just seeking to stifle choice. That's all this is about. We just want to make sure that the Bible is sitting in the White House chair in the Oval Office running everything. She's on to us, Jimmy. She is. She's using the canard that because you're religious and you're pro-life, therefore it is merely a religious belief. Yes, it is a religious belief, but it is also scientific, and that is exactly what Representative Mike Johnson is laying out in a House Judiciary Committee meeting. In its 1859 report on criminal abortion, the American Medical Association, Medical Association no less, Acknowledge that, quote, the independent and actual existence of the child before birth as a living being was a scientific truth. Nothing has changed since that time. For more than 150 years, doctors have known that life begins at conception. A 1981 report to the United, United States Senate states, quote, physicians, biologists, and other scientists agree that conception marks the beginning of the life of a human being, and a being that is alive is a member of the human species. There's overwhelming agreement on this point in countless medical, biological, and scientific writings, unquote. So there's a picture up here. This, this is not a mere clump of cells. This is not uh, an animal or some unknown species. Ma'am, that's a human being. 
And all of you here are confusing human value with human function. You're defining personhood by what somebody does rather than what they are. That's a great phrase. You should steal that one. Human value versus human function. It's the utilitarian view. As long as they can contribute something, we'll let them live. But if they don't, we'll off them. Well done, Representative. Scott Klusendorf summarized it this way. He said, although human... Wait a second. Scott Klusendorf, the guy who's in Life is Best, available at Wretched.org? <laughs> so he did watch Life is Best. <laughs> well, or he was reading Scott Klusendorf, or he knows Scott. These sound very much like Scott Klusendorf-like statements, which are excellent. Remember, we do have a theological position. But when people like AOC trotted out to say, you are just promoting a theocracy, uh, fine. Then let's leave religion out of it, if that's the way you want to do it. Logic and reason and science tell us it is a human being back to Scott Klusendorf. Beings differ immensely with respect to talents, accomplishments, and degrees of development. They are nonetheless equal because they share a common human nature. Humans have value simply because they are human. And if you deny this, it's difficult to say why objective human rights should apply to anyone. As I noted earlier, it is a self-evident truth that all human beings are made by their creator and endowed by him with certain inalienable rights. The first listed in our declaration is the right to life. Since the medical doctor here uh, wants to deny the facts and reality, let me ask the abortion advocate, Ms. Armbide, to answer my questions on this subject. Ma'am, you testified that you are, quote, unapologetic in seeking unrestricted abortion access. So I'm wondering, at what point is it not okay to abort a child? What, what age of gestation? Oh, silence. I trust all people to determine what they can and can't do with their bodies. If you're feeling your temperature rise, that's because it should. <laughs> Wasn't the question, ma'am. Full stop. Okay. I also believe that human rights, um, including access to the medical care, medical care that they need within their communities, is something that should be afforded everyone. Great. Okay, so you, you support late-term abortion? I support... All people and trust. That means late-term abortion. Do you support partial birth abortion? In other words, the child is half delivered, and then the woman says, "My right, I want to take that one out." You support that? I trust people to make decisions about wow. the body. Wow. Okay. What? What about? Um, so wow is right. Talking points. That's all you're going to hear. Talking points. Why don't they just say it? Why don't they just come out and say it? Yes, we want to murder babies. So abortion should be allowed then by your definition for any reason, for any purpose, at any stage, right? I trust people to make decisions about their body. And then when relevant, I think that they need to consult their medical practitioners. Okay. And not is, if it is, Listen, let me just ask you this question. If it is not lawful and morally acceptable to take the life of a 10-year-old child, I assume you agree with that, right? That would be wrong, correct? I believe that, okay. that is wrong. And a two-year-old child, same thing. That would be murder. We would all agree that's wrong. Then what is the principal distinction between the human being that is two years old or nine months old or one week old or an hour old than one that is eight inches further up the birth canal in the utero? What, what's the difference? Why is it okay in the latter case and not the former cases? I believe a woman should have the right, trust her right. I trust people to determine what there to do is. with their own bodies. Wow. Full stop. Wow. Full stop indeed. And that describes right there exactly what this is about. There's a legal issue here 
But un underneath that is a moral issue. It's about reality. It's about science, the advancement of medical technology. You're talking about unborn children. And your, your full stop is that you will support the termination of that child at any time. And that is frightening. And that is why this decision should be turned to the popular will of the people. And hopefully they'll protect the sanctity of every single human life and live up to the standards of our Declaration of Independence. I yield back. Maybe you don't know Mike Johnson from Louisiana. Might want to start praying for him. <laughs> and if you'd like to save a life, you can do that through preborn.org slash wretched, $28. It will buy an ultrasound, which 80% of the time buys a life. Because that is what is inside of a woman at conception. Logic, science, theology. All agree that is a baby. If you'd like to save a baby, you can do that by providing an ultrasound. And they provide even things like Similac. I don't know where they find it, but they provide for the for the care of the mother also. Learn more about preborn, preborn.org slash wretched. And be praying for Mike Johnson. This is Wretched Radio. Here's a preborn story that starts out a little on the bitter side, but ends up being very sweet. Neighborhood pastor's daughter ends up pregnant, and she was very abortion-minded, not wanting to face the consequences of her indiscretion. And she met her baby on the ultrasound. She just wept uncontrollably. Couldn't do it. That baby's alive today because an ultrasound was underwritten for a girl. And otherwise, even though she was a Christian, saw abortion as the easy answer. That is the power of an ultrasound. When a woman in crisis sees her baby 80 percent of the time she chooses life for just 28 dollars you could provide one of those ultrasounds but i would ask you how many ultrasounds might you be able to provide the more ultrasounds the more saved babies please consider what you can do at preborn.org slash wretched preborn.org slash wretched are we heading toward a dystopian society? Who decides what is good and evil? Who decides what truth is? Are there such things as fate or free will? Morals? Are we born with those? Or does the culture we live in inform them? Those are all really good questions and topics that we tackle daily on Wretched Radio and TV. Our goal has always been to preach the gospel, equip others to preach the gospel, and strengthen the local church. And we're only able to do that with the help of our gospel partners. If you are a Wretched Gospel partner, thank you so much for your support, which has allowed us to create compelling quality productions that catch the eye of unbelievers, but aren't so cringy they make believers blush. And if you aren't currently, would you pray about becoming a monthly Wretched Gospel partner? Help us continue to reach millions all over the world with the gospel. Just visit wretched.org donate, or you can also so just as easily text the word wretched to the number 44321. Confession, normally numbers aren't my favorite subject, but these numbers make me happy. MediShare is affordable biblical health sharing with twice the satisfaction rate of MediShare members versus traditional health insurance plans. The average family saves $500 per month. Over $3 billion worth of medical bills have been shared 
among MediShare members, which, by the way, MediShare has been around for a quarter of a century. Don't forget, telehealth is available at MediShare, and it will take you two minutes to receive a quote to see what you and your family could be saving every single month with MediShare. Affordable, biblical health sharing. Please spend a very worthwhile two minutes at 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. Titles of Christ In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who he is and what he has done. Jesus is called the Physician. Jesus healed many physical ailments during his ministry on earth. When he comes again, he will put an end to death and disease and give us spiritual bodies to last for eternity. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Oh boy. You be the judge. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! the truth. Order in the court. This is Wretched Radio. Prepare to play something really annoying. It's called Which is More Frightening? That's right. Not annoying, not agitating, more frightening because the implications of these two stories are pretty big. They just happen to be in different realms. You'll recall there are three realms of authority. You got yourself government, That's the largest realm over the most amount of people, but it has the most limited amount of authority. You've got the church where the pastor shepherds the flock and has authority. And don't forget, he can exercise authority. That would be your first Peter 5, Rexella. Exercise authority, but it does go on to say in 1 Peter 5 how he is supposed to do it with gentleness and humility, taking heed lest he fall. You've also got the family realm which is a small unit, unless, of course, you're a homeschool family, (laughs) then you're probably bigger than most rural Southern Baptist churches. Don't forget the convention is coming up next week. And speaking of conferences, the Methodist denomination. Oof, oof, oof. I didn't realize this. Maybe I did know this when we probably reported it in 2019. That's when they decided about the whole LGBXYZ business. Uh, They... The denominate, not everybody in it, but the denomination itself has been apostate now for years. Another denomination bites the dust. The Southern Baptist Convention, it's going to be coming up next week. We're going to be following it. That is worth praying about. I'm telling you, it's going to be fascinating to see who wins that bad boy. Those are the three realms of authority. They are, they, they, they bounce off of each other. And you do get to go into the other realms, but in a very limited way. What we're seeing with these stories, at least with this first one especially, is a confusion about the realms of authority that we can take matters into our own hands and decide what is legal and what is not. Jimmy, here is story Number one. Okay, I'm ready. California bill eliminates requirement for schools to report students threatening behavior to police. Oh, it's more than threatening behavior. There's a bill. It passed that is determined basically public schools are the Vatican. The rules of the government don't apply to government schools. I don't know where that is in the Constitution, but apparently somehow in California, it made its way into legal documents where the schools know better than the police 
in deciding what is a criminal act and what isn't so they can practice the discretion of determining whether to call the realm of authority of the government the specifically the judicial branch the justice department the police but according to the bill's sponsor teachers and other school personnel are denied the discretion to decide how to handle various kinds of behavior based on the specifics of the particular incident. If you smell CRT, you're correct, because that is exactly where this bill happens to go. But this would be, I'm sorry, I know there's good Christians in education, but overall the education system with the chutzpah. No, 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 we're not going to call the police. We know better. We're going to do this. We'll make these decisions because we know their background story. And if they've had a hard life in some way, shape, or form by the way that we determine it, or we just want them to play on the sports team this weekend, we don't have to report this to the police. How dangerous is this mindset? From the bill's sponsor, under existing California statutes, educators are mandated to report a broader range of student behavior to law enforcement. Here's the list. Drug possession. <laughs> I'm sorry, cannabis. And alcohol. Teacher, you decide. Oh, wait a second. Hold on. Or if the pupil is in possession of a firearm, discharges a firearm in a school zone, Oh, wait a second. So I get this. I, I understand. We don't want people coming into the school zone to kill our kids. Unless it's a student, they can blast off their guns. Okay, I'm seeing the consistency in this. It brings, or if they bring a certain type of weapon to school. Certain weapons, however, were removed from the mandatory reporting requirements, such as airsoft guns, box cutters, and razor blades. Oh. Cool. Keeping the kids safe yeah. is what we're doing right here. This is th this is so dangerous. And another example, liberal policies do not protect people. I'll tell you, if you if you want to see school shootings go down, get biblical on this. Think Genesis 9. Think Romans 13. The bearing of the sword. We have, outside of the Mosaic Covenant, two indications that the death penalty, it's good for society because it has such a high view of human beings. Not a low view, a high view. You take a life, you forfeited yours. Because we don't want you doing that again either. Besides, the crime is so heinous. I'll tell you, we're, I don't think that I've seen a campaign for the death penalty for a long time. Not... Not sure we're going to start one, but the point is, it wouldn't hurt things. The bill also repealed provisions detailing the school's response to a student who behaves in a verbally or physically threatening manner. Cool, so bullies, thumbs up to you if we decide it's okay. Instead, educators will now choose whether to report the students to police. Here's the rationale behind it. You know the difference between a connection and a correlation. It's like, okay, they're related, but did this cause that? Did A make B? They think that it does. The American Civil Liberties Union, a co-sponsor of the legislation, knock me over with a feather, Heloise, alleged that even minimal contact with law enforcement is harmful to young people. Okay, prove it. 
Prove it. It's harmful to young people. How's about it protects the other young people? So that's that's good enough reason to do it because it's right. And when you break laws, you should be punished by the realm of authority known as the government, stating that law enforcement connection or contact rather is harmful to kids specifically. They are less likely to graduate school and are more likely to end up in jail or prison. That is unproved and unprovable. And how do we know that this caused that? Maybe these kids get in trouble in high school because they're troublemakers. And they go on to be troublemakers. This is frightening, Jimmy. Are you ready for your second? Which one is more frightening? Yes. We're going to go into a different realm. We're going to go, if you can call it that, into the church realm. Prepare for a TikTok video that is an exegesis of a very current song from 2012. Here's my number. Call me. Maybe. Hey, I just met you. This is crazy. But here's my number. Call me. Maybe. The fellow seems pleasant enough. He seems like a man who, well, he he put on a golf shirt. His beard is trimmed. Seems like a nice enough bloke. He's about to be a continuationist. God is sending us messages through Carly Rae Jepsen songs. Let's look at those four phrases separately and see how God is revealing to us the name of the Antichrist. Now, wait a second. How do we how does he know it's the Antichrist? Here's how does it go? I just met you. This is crazy. Here's my number. Call me, baby. Um, This is about Elvis and Priscilla (laughs) promoting the June 24th release of the new Elvis. But that's obviously what I don't know what this guy's going to say. Since 2012. Hey, I just met you. (laughs) Now, the I in this case refers to the Antichrist. Oh. And just meeting you means that he is revealing himself. Okay. This is the Antichrist entrance into the end times. And this is crazy. That's the seven years of tribulation. Okay. <laughs> I the tribulation. This is crazy because you know it goes crazy. Oh, <laughs> see, perfect. All right, Jimmy. Here's what we're gonna do. Okay. And don't forget, you're gonna be the judge of whatever we're calling this clam bake. I have got 28 seconds. I think his interpretation is all wrong. It's not about the Antichrist. I think it's about somebody else. I will offer my interpretation when he's done. But here's my number. He is talking here about his number of the beast, which he is going to give to every one of us. So call me, maybe. Now, he is not saying call me on the telephone. What the Antichrist is saying here is, my name is maybe. Call me, Maybe. Nostradamus also called the Antichrist Mabus. Now that sounds like a powerful interpretation. I think he's got it all wrong. I just met you talking about true and false converts. Parable of the soils. Who didn't know? This is crazy. An allusion to Francis Chan. The number isn't 61666. It's 8675309 because Carly Rae Jepsen, when she was a child, used to listen to Tommy and the Two-Tones in her dad's car because he was stuck Ah. in the 80s, too. Here's my number. Call me maybe. Who's the king of maybe? Joel Osteen. Oh, Oh, wait a second. He did say it was about the anti. At any rate, Jimmy, (laughs) which one is more frightening? Story number one. Because it's downright danger. Well, but (laughs) where does it end? 
Well, if you're a continuationist, I'm afraid it doesn't. You can't put the brakes on the cow that got let out of the barn or something like that. Until tomorrow, go serve your king.